Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, June 14th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by the Lockdown NHL podcast. You need more hockey news, and Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest story in game recaps each day. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL today, wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are doing Doing Red Wings coverage every single day, and we have been for a long time now, over a year. So go ahead and press that subscribe button. It's the only way to make sure that each and every morning when you wake up, there's a new episode waiting for you. And right now, with what we going got going on, draft season profiles three times a week, you are not going to want to miss an episode. And that brings us to today's show. Today's guest, uh, we have Tony Ferrari from Dabber Prospects on, and we are going to be breaking down Matty Beneers and Outu Ratu, two very interesting prospects in this year's draft class. Don't know if Beneers will get to the Red Wings at six. We'll discuss that during the interview. Uh, but overall, just a really, really fun episode. Two guys that are very, very intriguing heading into this draft. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I don't know about you, Scotty Bentley. I am Nolan Bianchi, and I'm very excited to welcome on our guest, Tony Ferrari. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Tony's always a, a, a blast. And uh, yeah, we had some fun some fun conversations there at the end too that weren't uh weren't hockey just talked <laughs> what, what, what music something or other what did we, jock what did jams we so that yeah, was that was on the uh that was on the mailbag yeah. episode that's uh, right, from last that's week right, so go right. check that out we we break down you know which if you were stranded on a deserted island jack jock jams one or two which one you taken uh we're gonna kick it right to it gonna try not to be so chatty in the intros uh anymore considering these interviews are pretty long as it is so let's kick it right to tony ferrari all right. At this time, we are now joined by everybody's favorite ball draft analyst, the managing editor and head of scouting at Dauber Prospects, host of the Dauber Draftcast. Uh, our number one go-to, our, the OG at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast for scouts, our go-to time and time again. He's finally back. Tony Ferrari, the Tony Ferrari. Uh, how's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. I, we were supposed to do this earlier, but my kid decided to get hurt, so we had to delay it a bit, but I'm happy to be here, boys. Kids will be kids. Uh, you know that mistakes happen. Sometimes they fall off slides. <laughs> Sometimes they decide they can jump off of anything and then they realize quickly that is not the case. Now we have to, before we get into some of these questions, we're going to be looking at uh, Outu Ratu and Maddie Beneers today. Uh, I have to ask, what was the decision-making process? So you guys hired a, a new director of European scouting, A2 Seltonen. We have him on coming up on the show. Uh, well, when you listen to this, he will have already appeared on the show. What was the decision-making process in hiring the guy with the best possible head of hair to be like uh, your, your Robin in this scenario? 
Yeah, see, well, E2's been on the team all year. He's been just outstanding for the work. And then <laughs> I was like, man, like, with, with Cam Cam Robinson, used to be the managing editor at Dauber, uh, doing, done a ton of the stuff with us. And he he balanced it out because he had that big fro of hair. And, <laughs> and then Yoki, he kind of did his thing, but he was thinning out a little bit in, on top. And and now he's just doing stupid stuff for the Carolina Hurricanes. And that's barely important. So uh, when he left, no, I wanted to find somebody that was good. And I, I wanted to look at somebody in the team. And, and E2's, man, he's one of the best out there. Like, I'm not going to be shocked if he's working for an NHL team soon too, because the, the kid's a ton, super, super smart. He's always trying to talk hockey. We, we do calls all the time just to talk. We don't even record anything, just shooting the shit about hockey. And I mean, the head of hair, it, it definitely provides the balance because I've got absolutely none. It, it was, it was like pissing me off to a degree. I'm like, look at it. It's just shining oh. in my eyes, like right through the zoom. Uh, it's pretty so, incredible. Yeah. I just the worst to... part is when I'm on a call with him and I'm sitting here bald <laughs> as hell. And he's just like, Oh, just, his hair back. <laughs> just casually like oh yeah i've got this and you don't and oh it's just it, it hurts a little bit but i'm used to it by now <laughs> well there we go all right let us get into maddie veneers first because uh obviously being from michigan watching him all season he's somebody that we've had an eye on he's number one on dauber's board still i believe right yeah yeah the final board will be out at the end of the month but yeah i suspect he's going to be there again uh, so an excellent season at Michigan, 10 goals, 14 assists in 24 games, uh, gold medal at the World Junior Championships, a roster spot on the Men's World Championships this past or a couple of weeks now. Um, what do you make of Matty Beniers, uh as a prospect? Is he still the number one or, or I guess just where do you personally have him ranked? What did he show since the last time we've talked to you? Uh, that would keep him in that spot because I, I don't think he's done much like Owen Power. He's done nothing to detract from his hockey playing ability at all. And I think all that those two have really done is kind of pigeonhole themselves as, as top three picks for sure. It feels like. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there with Matty Beneers, like just the consistency of, of the level of play he has. Like he's, he's not a guy that you look at and you go, Oh man, that's going to be my number one center forever but you don't worry about him being a fourth line guy either. You look at him and you're like, man, he's going to be one of the best number two centers in the league, a one B it's going to be really fun to watch him and a guy like Dylan Larkin. That's kind of the player that you, you could use to offset the fact that Dylan Larkin isn't that elite, elite number one center. He's a one a, you give him a one B and that's how you can make that situation work a little bit better. I, I think Matthew Beneers is just, so incredibly refined already at such a young age. You watched him with the USNTDP team the last two years, the U17s and U18s. He was one of the, the older players on the team each year, but in that 17 year, he was playing with the under the under 18 team a lot. And he was one of their good players. And he's got experience with so many players now. And he's been, he's shown the ability to, to adapt his playing style to whoever it is offensively. And then he can completely takes care of the defensive presence in, in his own zone as well. So it, it's so interesting to see him play with guys like Cole Caulfield or Brian Boyle. Like those are two very different players <laughs> and he played extremely well with both of them, complimenting what they do best and, and making them look really good. So I think he's going to be a guy that whatever team drafts him, if he doesn't get go in those top couple picks, I, I think there's going to be a team that just laughing at four or five or six. I get the sense that like when you just watch him and like given his resume and everything like that like he is for sure feels more than Owen Power the most NHL ready prospect in this yeah. draft class um oh god no sorry I was just gonna agree with you there like a hundred percent I think he's the most NHL ready prospect and and that's partially why I think it, he'd be a perfect pick at number two for Seattle that's a, that's a team that gets to start off their franchise with a guy that yeah he's probably not gonna be your number one center but he's 
probably going to be your captain in four or five years. Like he's that kind of player. Um, I, I compare him a lot to Dylan Larkin. I compare him a lot to, to guys like Claude Giroux, who he, he does have a little bit more of an offensive upside Claude Giroux, but he's that same kind of player. Like that's a guy that you really rally your team around. And I think that Beniers would be just an outstanding start to that Seattle franchise. Well, not just NHL ready, but I think also a lot of all of these guys that we're going to talk about throughout this draft season, like he's probably the most likely to stay at the center position once he gets mm-hmm. to the NHL, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I think you look at a lot of the top center prospects this year, whether it's uh, William Eklund or uh, Kent Johnson, like they're, they're kind of wingers, right? Like the next guy up after uh, Matthew Beniers, it, that's a surefire center is probably Atu Ratu, who's a guy that's been falling down boards all year. So you don't really have that surefire center in the top 10 outside of Matthew Beniers. And uh, it's going to be tough to really force some other guy into the position, especially a guy like maybe Kent Johnson, who isn't going to be necessarily be able to translate to that. Um, I just love like the blend, right? Like the, the smart, the balanced ability. He's not just playing a 200 foot game. He's just as much of a weapon in the defensive zone as he is in the offensive zone. Could you make an argument that his anticipation of the game makes him, uh, or, or is his greatest strength because you just see him doing things all over the ice and consistently being in the right place, consistently putting the puck to spaces where it's going to benefit his team. And it just really feels like I hate to do the whole chess while everybody's playing checkers thing, but like to a certain degree, like he is doing that. It feels like a little bit. Yeah. He's the smartest player on the ice almost every time he's on the ice. And that's impressive considering he's not playing at the junior level. He's playing at the NCAA level. And when he's not playing there, he's playing at the world juniors who are the best of the best among junior players. And then he's playing at the world championships where you've got some NHLers, you got some European pro guys like he, and he still consistently is out there doing the right thing on every single shift. And it's all the little things, whether it's just the body position he takes on a board battle or the way he positions his stick in in, in the defensive zone. It's all these little things that he does so well that just create these other chances. You look at a guy like Mark Stone and he's another guy that does that. And in Matthew Beniers, kind of something that people have been harping on a little bit is he's not always the cleanest skater. Sometimes he lets his body get a little wild. His shoulders get going back and forth. And in that kind of it's an energy waster. A lot of people see, but you look at Mark stone and the things he does with the ugly skating stride he has. And <laughs> I mean, he's just scoring goals in overtime and stuff. And he's oh, one of the best nasty. hockey players in the world. Yeah. And, and Matthew Beniers has that kind of intelligence, that kind of anticipation, that kind of IQ. It's just so much fun to watch this kid. So you talked about, obviously like he is playing with some, some NHL players right now at, at the world championships and playing in the NCAA what um, we talk about is high floor. What I guess you mentioned the skating there. What will have to develop to make him more uh, of a solidified NHL or like what, what does he need more time to develop? And I guess included in that is how quickly do you think he he becomes an NHL player? Do you think as quickly as next season? Do you think it'll take a couple of years to develop him? Kind of where do you see his his path to the NHL being? Well, I'll start with that part here. And, and and I think I've said I've been on record all year saying I don't think a single player from this draft should be in the NHL next year. Not sure. Owen Power, not Matthew Beniers, not Fabian Liesel, not anybody, not Ratu even. But if you're going to force one into the NHL, if you even if you throw Owen Power into that ring, I'm picking Matthew Beniers out of it because he is such a smart player and he's not physically small by any means. He's got decent size. You're not worried about that. So you, you look at him and you go, can you, can this guy play third line center or can this guy play second line wing? And, and can you, can you worry, put him in the lineup and not have to worry about what he's going to do. 
he, you're not gonna have to worry about what Matthew Benares does because he's gonna make the smart play every time and he's gonna cover you defensively. At worst, he's gonna be a, a no event player as a rookie, which is probably not gonna happen because his offensive skill level is too high for that. I think, especially if he ends up being a third line center on a team, I mean, he's gonna get matchups against other third lines and he's just gonna beat them because he's got higher effort, higher motor, higher IQ. And the shot and the, the playmaking ability are just so, I, I don't think he gets credit enough for those things because of how complete the rest of his game is. Just got to pop in here real quick to talk to you guys today about Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they can help you make even more financial decisions that are smart with a Credit Karma money spending account. You can be rewarded with good habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? I know I do. My entire life is me pursuing instant gratification. It's a sweet way to live. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back into your spend account. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Who doesn't want $1 million? I want $1 million. I got to get signed up with Credit Karma. What the hell? Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. One more time, folks. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Simple as that. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions of terms apply through rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer uh, uh, limits. They do apply. Now Baneers with some room. Left wing side. Got Morgan driving. Baneers! And he scores! Baneers snapped one. It deflected down low and went in. And Michigan has a 2-1 lead. Do you think that he might be, um, I don't even, like, do you think that he might not have that, like, that super high ceiling? Like, obviously, again, we've talked about his high floor. Do you think he lacks, like, like super high upside then? Yeah, I think the the one knock on him, yeah, is that high, that elite upside. Like, I, I you don't look at him and go, okay, this is going to be uh, a Patrice Bergeron. You go, okay, this is going to be a Sean Couturier. Right. Sure. Like there, it's still a very good player, like a, mm. a Dylan Larkin, right? Like this is a guy that has a letter on his chest. D- Dylan Larkin's a captain, like a, a guy that's beloved, has all the skill, speed. He's a player that I don't think any team's going to refuse having on the team. So he, while he, I don't think he has that elite number one, so like guy that's going to drive you to the cup upside, he's going to be the guy that's the captain of your team or the, the guy that's a, a big time leader and a role player. Um, I, I look at Nazem Kadri when he was in Toronto and call and, and even now when he's in Colorado last year before he got suspended again. Um, <laughs> but you, you look at, at the impact a guy like that makes. And I think Matthew Beneers can make that sort of impact. And the offensive upside, you're, you're just waiting to see where that levels off because every level you go, okay, is this where he's going to start to struggle? And he hasn't yet. So you're still going, okay, well, he's passing every test. What test is he going to stop at? Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the case. I, I don't think there's any world where Maddie Beniers gets to number six. But if that is the case, if that somehow happens, I feel like it would have to be because teams in this draft are looking to just take bigger swings ahead of the Red Wings. Um, I mean, is that, is that pretty, pretty much the only way you, you see that happening is, is like team speed and like, oh, but Simon Evanson could, you know, like that. That's in, And I just don't see that happening all the way to six. Uh, so while the, that's a depressing way to kind of end 
the Matty Bears <laughs> prospect profile. I, I mean, is there, a, is there a way? I think it's possible uh, because it, when I talk to teams or when I talk to other people just in the public sector, you look at the top of this board and I've seen Matthew Beneers as low as 11. Like, and I think that's completely ridiculous. I don't think he's making it out of the top three personally, but this, this draft is just so wide open. Like you look at, I mean, even myself and Cam Robinson, who, who generally have fairly similar boards because we, we think the game a lot of the same way. He's the guy that's kind of groomed me and taught me a lot of the things I know and stuff. So we, we, think a lot of like and you look at our boards this year they're not alike at all like this is a weird year where everyone's all over the place uh myself and will scouch he's another guy that we kind of line our boards up and, and the tiers are relatively the same this year it's not that like it, it's a really weird year where i have a guy like fabian lysella extremely high on my board and, and on other boards he's down at seven or eight so that's kind of the thing like if a team's like man i'm, I'm enamored by this one player you just need a couple teams to be enamored by that one player to get there. Six is a little far to have that happen. <laughs> but I mean, you look at this draft, you go, Owen Power, Simon Edmondson. Maybe someone still has crazy faith in Aturatu. Like we've seen weirder things happen. Uh, William Eklund could go if the New Jersey Devils want to p- pair him with Alexander Holtz. Like th- there's, there's things that could happen. I don't think it will, but I uh, keep the faith. Why not? <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Do, like, do you get, have you gotten any, and let's take the actual like scouting equation out of it just in conversations that you've had do you think the the because the thing here with this draft is that they're really it feels like a lot of them are are low ceiling type players like it, at the end of the day or not low ceiling low floor type players like you can go into this draft and you can make an, a, a case for pretty much anybody outside of Manny Beniers for yeah there's totally a chance that this guy you know, completely flops. And there's even that uh, conversation with Matty Beniers too. But do you think that because of the nature of this draft, the limited viewings, the limited live and person viewings, that that will cause teams to get a little fast and loose with it? Or, or do you think that'll cause them to be a little bit on the safer side? Have you gotten any inclination as to which way that might blow the wind? I think it just depends on the team. Like, I think if you're looking at a team that has a loaded prospect pool in LA, something like that, I think they're probably more willing to take that risk. Maybe they're the team that goes, you know what? We really like Fabian Lee selling. They take him at eight. I think they have a pick at. So it's one of those things where it really just depends on the team, the risk factor that the team's willing to take on. And, and I mean, and then there's always the wildcard teams like Detroit with Iserman who could just walk up there and draft a guy that everyone has ranked at 20. 20th except for me and then more outsiders amazing and I get to take credit <laughs> except for you except, except for, for you me. damn right That's but so uh no like it, it, it is a such a wild draft like i i wouldn't be shocked to see something happen like even owen power slipped to like three like this could weird weird things are going to happen at this year's draft more than ever like we all kind of got shocked when that igor chinnikov pick went off at 20 last year with the, the columbus blue jackets or 21 and i think we're going to have a couple of those this year where we're like oh like Aturatu went in the top four. Like I didn't expect that because he's been falling down on boards and I've seen him in the second round in some boards. So it's, it's going to be one of those weird years where things happen. I love that. Uh, cool. We'll move on to Aturatu. Quick side note on Slider. I like, I texted him today to get him back on the show. And I was like, so nervous. Like I was like, I was like texting like a middle school crush. I was like, Hey, what do I say? Like, I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want to come on too strong, but you know, and also, you know, I know he's been kind of busy. So like, you know, blah, blah, blah. it was just so funny that like, I just had that 
had that feeling. Uh, you know, I, I still get that. Like when I email prospects or like, I'm just like, I'm even when I'm like at ranks and stuff. Right. And you like, I still remember the first time I met Quentin Byfield, like it was at some like world junior summer thing. Right. And I would, like walk up to him, like, hi, Quentin, how are you? <laughs> I was just like, do you want to be my friend? I don't know. <laughs> like, but like oh. a lot of the times, like, especially like, guys like Morris Sider or Quentin Byfield, like they're just such nice guys that like immediately you're just like, oh, okay, like this is okay. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right. Let's move on uh, to uh, actually don't want to come off a cough. All right. Let us move on to Atu Ratu, the center from Carpet, the Finnish guy. He was, you know, projected to go number one around this time last year, quickly falls down the draft boards. Maybe one of the most interesting players in this draft because of the way he has risen and fallen. I feel like he's starting to rise a little bit again, like as, as we get closer and closer to the draft, felt like he was like at his lowest point, maybe uh, a couple months ago. Can you take us through the journey of Atu Ratu as an NHL prospect in the last year? And maybe some of the reasons why uh, his trajectory has kind of been all over the place. Oh man, like this kid, he, he, he's been on the map for a little while now. He's a guy that that's been touted for a few years now, and particularly in his draft minus two season, a couple years ago, he was fantastic playing at the pro level at 16. Um, just being a, a, a complete player at that level, like someone that you were like, Oh wow. Like this kid's going to like, if he just takes one step every year, he's going to go first overall. Like there's no doubt about it. And then the next year in his draft minus one, he kind of took a little step back or plateaued a bit. And you're like, okay, like, that was weird, but like, he'll probably develop next year. And then the same thing kind of happened this year. And we, we saw him on the world junior team a couple of times. And then this year they left him off and, and that really kind of pissed him off, I think. And he went back to the pro level back in, in Sweden with carpet and he started playing really, really well after the world juniors. And it, well, even while the world juniors were going on when he was playing with carpet, he was just a different player. He was that player that we saw in his draft minus two season and that had taken steps and, you started seeing the process again that that wasn't there for so long with him. I think he has a lot of the tools that you look for in a player. Uh, he, he's been one of the most divisive players that with, with us at Dauber as well, because E2 is not a big fan of him. And I, I'm actually a really <laughs> big fan of him. Like, so we, we debate all the time and it's always funny. Like, and I end up usually just going, ah, you're finished. I'll give it to you. But <laughs> it's one of those guys that, yeah, he's a diff, divisive, divisive player. And I, I've talked to NHL scouts. I've talked to private scouts. Just and it's just like everyone's got a different opinion on this kid. I it was so funny. We were originally supposed to do uh, him with E2, and E2 was like, maybe I'm not the guy. Yeah, for, for that, I <clears throat> I don't have a lot of good things to say about him. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk about yes. that year with Carpet because uh, you know you mentioned people might hear this and and look at his stat line and say, well, three goals, three assists, thirty five games, big whoop. How could he really have made that much of a difference but i think it's important to keep in mind what these young players playing in adult leagues are up against lucas raymond did not have a very attractive stat line in his draft year playing in the shl and i think there's a lot of similar context to the game that ratu has played this year he's playing less than 12 minutes a night he's playing for a contender he's not getting a lot of power play opportunities and so i'm wondering maybe did he fall a little bit too far I think he has. I, I've been saying it all year. He's still right in that top 10 conversation for me. I think he's at 10 or 11 right now on my personal board. And I I, I don't have it in me to drop him any lower than that. Personally, I think that he still shows so many things that you want. And when he was playing at the junior level this year, he was just absolutely dominant. Like the process that you look for. And, and this is something I talked about with Lucas Raymond last year too, is 
what is he doing that is, is preventing him from scoring goals? Or what is he doing that's preventing him from picking up assists? And when you watch his game, you go, well, he's not doing anything that's going to prevent that. His teammates are garbage and they're not doing anything <laughs> to help him. And especially at the junior level, it's not that the, the team was bad. It's just, he was setting them up in front of the net and they, they were just flubbing it. And, and then you watch him at the pro level. I remember there was one game where on one shift, he had four excellent scoring chances created for himself with either a nice pass to the back door or just a great pass to the slot, or he, he drove to the net himself and nothing went in. And it was just like, something's going to go in on, on that shift. 95% of the time this one it didn't and that happened mm. all year with him and now that's something that you have to be concerned about obviously and you go okay well is there a finishing issue is there something wrong with him but is there is there something wrong with the way he's passing the puck is he not putting enough touch on it what is it and, and when you look at it I think the big thing with him is confidence and you, you've seen it get shaken a couple times this year but then you'd see something light a fire under him and you get going again. I think this is a kid that when you draft him, you have to focus on that, that factor as well. I think with a lot of these kids, and, and, and this is something that's growing in, in the sport in general, is just the sports psychologist talking to people, getting these kids mentally on board. And, yeah. and I say kids, but I mean, this goes right to the 35, 40 year old players, right? Like Jack Campbell, Joe Thornton, like all these guys go see these sports therapists. To Nathan McKinnon. Their minds He's right. talking yeah, about Nathan how McKinnon. that's changed his life. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I think you need to let them do that. And, and with a guy like Aturatsu, with with issues that we've seen of confidence and stuff like that, and in and, and mental lapses with little things on and off the ice in terms of like just not having the attitude that you, you'd love to see from a guy like that because he's frustrated with himself, get that right because the skill level and the, the talent is still there. Like if, if someone were to try to really justify him going at first overall – I mean, I probably wouldn't agree with it, but I could see him going in the top five still. Some team really has faith. Just got to jump in here real quick to talk to you guys today about Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar is nine delicious flavors, Scotty Bentley? I think you did. You're a Bilt Bar fan. You're a diehard. And I know you have a favorite as well. Uh, All Bilt Bar fans, when you talk to them, they are always passionate about their faves. Which which one has been tickling your fancy as of late? Man, the, the, what is it? Peanut butter brownie? Yeah, yeah, that was sensational. 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 I couldn't have picked a better adjective. So there's something for everybody. You know what? Know what my flavor is? Uh, you like the? You're a big coconut guy, aren't you? Are no, you still riding the I'm anti coke. Well, not anti coke. Still riding the lemon because yeah, I was. I, I mean, the lemon almond cheesecake. It was a limited right, time one, flavor. Yeah. Scotty, I don't oh, know sure. if you know about the limited sure. time flavors, but every once in a while they'll throw out just a new, uh, you know, limited edition flavor. And they're always delicious. So you always kind of got to jump on them right away. But if you don't know which flavor you'll like, what you can do is you can go on there, get a mix box, and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that they have all the time. It's fantastic. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use a promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Com. I would also be remiss if I did not talk to you guys today about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, get all the latest odds, and get all the info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. I tell you what, Scotty, I made the smartest bet of my life today. Right around 2.30, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling the Islanders in this Islanders-Tampa series, at least in game one. You know, everybody thinks that Tampa's going to crush them. They're out for vengeance. Uh, let me take the Islanders. Went to bet online. Place a nice little $50 uh, uh, 
wager on the puck line for the Islanders, and it did not disappoint me. I won some money while watching hockey and watching the Tampa Bay Lightning lose. I cannot think of a better way to spend my Sunday afternoon. So I don't want you to sit on the sidelines anymore because this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here in uh, game number 11, now Veneers tried to score, and he does! On a second try, Veneers knocks it home, another goal. It's So what part of his game, I guess specifically, um, excites you the most? Because, I mean, as we talked about, you and Dauber are, are higher on him than some other people. So, like, what, what specifically excites you the most about him? And then uh, on top of that, obviously, we've talked about his ceiling. What uh, What's your pulse on, I don't want to say, like, his odds of reaching his ceiling, but, like, what do you, what is your pulse on, like, like uh, you know, not maybe not like a specific percent chance or anything, but just um, your feeling on, on whether he'll reach that or not? I think he's pretty surefire going to be a number three center in the NHL, whether he gets to that number two center spot, that's where you're like, ah, he's probably got it like a 60, 60, 40 chance there to be a, a true number two center, a guy that can impact the game. The way we, we talked about Matty Beneers doing that. Sure. And the reason that I only put it at 60% is because he still does have the issues of confidence. He's still, you've seen him get shaken in games. You've seen him get shaken at tournaments and, and that's going to be something you need to worry about. And you need to, like I said, focus on, because the talent, the skill, the skating is there. And, and the thing that excites me about his game is he plays fast, he plays smart, and he has a wicked wrist shot. Like this kid's wrist shot coming into the year, I thought it was one of the best wrist shots in the draft class. I thought him, Cole Sillinger, guys like that, like they were the best shooters in the class. And the wrist shot's still there for Aturatu. He's still able to get that shot off. It's not. It didn't go in as much this year as you, you kind of hoped at the pro level and stuff, but there were circumstances, right? Like you said, averaging about 12 minutes a game. That means some games he was only getting six, seven minutes. Like I, I remember a few times scouting an entire game and I'm like, well, that was a waste of time because he barely played. And I watched it for like three hours. Like, so it's one of those things where, yeah, he, he's a guy that I think still has a lot to give and, and teams need to to realize that. And, and you look at a guy like Lucas Raymond last year where teams were like, all right, like especially Detroit, like they went in, they were like, all right, if you look at these rate based numbers, if you look at the way he's doing things, if you look at the process that's there, you can build on that. You can take that and, and make that a productive player. With Aturatu, he's had a couple bad years, and, and this year particularly wasn't the greatest. So I think he's probably going to be one of those guys that does fall a little bit. But like I said, I wouldn't be shocked to see a team go, you know what? We're confident that we can get this kid right. Let's take him at seven. Let's take him at five. Like it, it wouldn't shock me in, a, in any world. I think one thing that's interesting about him is that, you know, the jury's still a little bit out about maybe his decision-making his hockey IQ, but then mm-hmm. two things you really hear about him. One, his consistency is frustrating. And I can understand that on a, on mm-hmm. a very base level, but his hustle also really impresses people. And those two things hardly ever go together. Can he still be an effective player if he's not finishing uh, scoring chances or or putting the puck in good places uh, for his teammates to finish them? Can he still, you know, have a presence on the ice, be a difference maker, help his team pick up wins outside of that, you know, score, score, score kind of mindset? I, I think he can. Like, I think he can be, if he's your third line center, I think you're not worried about your third line center spot for a decade. Like he's that kind of player. Like, he, he's a guy that's going to come in and, and 
do a lot of good things. Like, and, and like you said, there's the consistency issue. And, and I think a lot, a lot of the consistency issue is the offensive upside and the offensive is part of the game, but he's a very underrated defensive player. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for what he does in the defensive zone because he does have the, the, the hustle. He has the speed. He has the, the quick edge work to, to get off and change direction. Like he's, a, a good defensive player that knows where to be and when to be there. And he anticipates passes really, really well. I, I think there's still a lot to build on. Like you, you look at all the tools he has and you can put those in the right place as an, in an offensive game and, and get him to do things a little bit more simple, maybe take some of the, the high end skill element out of his game and, and just tell him, like, calm it down a little bit, like rein it in and then add that stuff in as you get more comfortable at the pro level. Cause I think that's part of the issue is that he was so confident in that D minus two year and it worked a couple times. And then his D minus one year, it stopped working because guys had seen it a couple times. And then now this year he was still trying to do a lot of it. And while it worked, sometimes it didn't work all the time because much like a guy like Ken Johnson, there's just certain skill elements of the game that you can do at junior that you're not going to be able to do at the pro level because guys are just smarter, faster, and bigger. So I think the thing that makes uh Ratu maybe the most like the, it feels weird because it feels like the Red Wings aren't really in a spot to pick him, despite the fact mm-hmm. that they do have the sixth pick. They do have what will officially be the 22nd pick once the Arizona one is, you know, passed up. Um, so you're essentially cutting your, your pick time between your first and your second rounds in half, but it also still feels like they might be in too much of a middleman zone with 22 to get him. Do you, do you see, like, what, as, what are the likelihoods of him falling to that spot? I think it's possible, certainly, because the, the the reputation has taken a hit this year. Like he he's gotten a lot of flack, and I mean, if Detroit can come away with like I don't even know, like let's say they do draft Wallstead. I know it's not that's a very divisive pick at number not six. Not on this for, podcast. For, not here. Not here, baby. We love it. We love I'm it. All on board for it. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Totally approval, oh, baby. Once I saw Jes- JesperWallstead.com, I was sold. I was like, all right. Oh, oh god. We are yes. We're all in. All in. Yeah. Oh, I'll go on a tangent about him later if my love for him. <laughs> no, with uh, like say you guys do, do draft Wallstead at six, right? And then you draft Ratu at 22, which I think is reasonable. Like, I don't, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go five. I wouldn't be shocked to see him go 28. Like, his range this year is going to be crazy. He's maybe the most wild card pick in the draft for me. That it, I'm just so interested to see him where, see where he goes. I, like, I, I look at the Rangers pick, I'm like, man, that'd, that'd be an awesome spot for him. I look at, like the Chicago pick. I think that'd be a great pick for him. Like I, there's so many spots where I can just see him landing 20. If he gets to 22 and, and Detroit comes away with two players that are probably t- realistically top 10 players in this draft class, you're just going to be laughing after this draft. You're going to look back years from now and go, well, that was nice. Yep. Thanks Steve. Yeah, exactly. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We've got more profiles with Tony Ferrari. We've got more profiles with Dylan Griffin. We've got more profiles with Mikhail Holm, Sam McGillingan, Etu Salton, and uh, uh, just a, a wonderful host of excellent scouts that are appearing on this show over the next couple of months until draft is uh, until the draft is complete. So be sure to subscribe. It's the only way to make sure that each and every morning when you wake up, it's ready for your morning commute. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well at LO underscore Red Wings. Let us know what you think about Mappineers and how to Ratu. Let us know if you want the Red Wings to draft them, where you want them to draft them, and all that other good stuff. Always appreciate the support. Please like, review, subscribe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for our mock expansion draft. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.
Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.